regular outliers. I want to appreciate the man of God last week. He, he challenged me personally because, Pastor, when you were talking about the five levels of relationship, I was wondering to myself, where am I at in my level of relationship? So I, I, was, I was really blessed by the fact that Pastor told us and told you, sisters, you can be a queen with no title. Mm. Sisters, you should say amen for that. Amen. Sisters, are you here? Amen, sisters. God has a special favor on your life. And you're you're not limited by where you come from. You're not limited by what your age is. (laughs) You're not limited by your weight. You can be a queen with no title if you follow the will of God over your life. Uh, Last Sabbath, Pastor Sam talked about the women So in tandem, I thought, let me talk to the men. So this sermon is for the men. Now, sisters, I know some of you, uh, when you want to check what your man is doing, you want (laughs) to look at his phone, uh, you want to track his movements, but today you ain't got to do that. Just listen to the word and you're going to know your man's business because what we're talking about today is how men can be uh, what God has called them to be. I've chosen as our text for meditation this afternoon or morning. I hope we don't go until the afternoon. It's 11.37, so I don't know how how I'm going to work this out, but let's see what I can do with this. Genesis 2, verse 4 and 2, verse number 17. If you got it, please stand with me as we read this word together. Genesis chapter 2. And verse number four, please stand with me as we read this word together. And when you got it, say, yes, pastor. Ooh, I hear you, Sister Lydia. I hear you, Brother Jeff. I I hear you. I know you're ready. Let's do this thing. Sister Daisy, you ready? All right, let's do this. This is what it says. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. I'm reading from the NIV today. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God, you know this verse, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And I want you to understand that that is still true today. You need the breath of life to live. Verse number 8, the Bible says, Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. I hope you're listening, man. Then the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye. And good for food, good for makan. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There were two trees, guys, uh, brothers and sisters. We only focus on the one, but there were actually two trees. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, let me speed through this. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. Ampat. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. 
aromatic resin and onyx were also there. Verse 13, the name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. Cush also can be interpreted black. Verse 14, the name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Right here, pay attention. I'm almost done. Then the Lord God took the man. Mm. Pastor Sam, I hope you're hearing this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat of any tree in the garden. But, 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 you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You will certainly die. For a title, allow me to work with this back to Adam. All the men say back to Adam. Let us pray. Father God, do your thing through me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And thank you for, for standing. The DC Extended Universe premiered Black Adam. Now, as a black man, I like the title Black Adam because I feel like the, uh, the, the world of cinema is really into the black superhero, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, you know, Black Adam. I'm feeling kind of good about myself. Uh, black Adam takes us back to ancient conduct. There, the gods, as the story goes, inject Teth Adam with powers to do good. But Teth Adam turns on that vision and he becomes vengeful. And instead of using his powers for good, Teth Adam is avenging the loss of his wife and son. And what Teth Adam doesn't realize is that when you are on the path of revenge, you dig two graves. You dig a grave for you and for the ones who are your enemies. And he didn't realize this because of revenging and wanting to kill people, not using his power for good. The gods decided to throw him into prison. Because they concluded, Eldoray, that Teth Adam shunned his destiny and he, he embraced his desires. I hope, man, you caught what I just laid down right there. Uh, Teth Adam becomes Black Adam because he shuns his destiny and he embraces his desires. And I want to say to men... And to some of you as well, this particular thought, I want to put it this way. You've got to learn to vote for destiny as the president that leads your desires. Okay, I didn't say anything yet. I'm going to try this in another way. You've got to learn that it cannot be your desires that are leading your life. It has got to be destiny. Pastor Sam is getting it. He's like, all right. All right. You've got to learn that it is not what you want to do in life. That's most important. You've got to understand that God has a destiny on your life. And that should be the thing that is leading your life. But unfortunately, men, we, we tend to make desire president and we, 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 we push aside destiny. 
And fortunately, there, there is a man listening to me today who has made work president. When you come home, you bring the work home. Your kids don't have time to spend with you. All you do is check on the phone and check on the emails. When you know that destiny for you is to be a home, to be present at home. I'm not speaking yet, so let me try another thing. There are men listening to me who have chose the side chick as president. You know it's not just a friend. You know that when you meet up, things happen. And you understand that God has called and, and put destiny on your life that you've got to be committed to one woman. You've got to be committed to one girlfriend, boyfriends. But you have chosen your desire and therefore you are not living according to destiny. I'm not speaking here, so let me try this. Some men in listening to me this morning, you have chosen disrespect as your president. Oh yeah, you've made it. You've got the degree. You've gone to the best school. You make the money. And so when people in your house speak to you, you say, who are you speaking to? I'm the provider here. Your parents can't advise you because you tell them, mommy, daddy, I'm making the money. I'm, I am independent. Okay, I'm not hitting you yet. Some man here has chosen as president to sit back spiritually. You don't lead in the house. Uh, prayer is not the first thing you think about. Uh, you tell yourself, my wife is more spiritual than me. My girl is more spiritual than me. I'm not so good in the Bible. There's a man who has chosen fitting in as president. Uh, you don't want to look different. Mm. You don't want to claim that you're a Christian. You rather look like everybody else. But God has called you to the destiny of being the salt <laughs> of the world. There is a man listening to me who has chosen, chosen isolation as president. Oh yeah, man, we, we are good at isolation when we have not figured it out. When we don't know what to do, we don't want to hear from anybody. The wife can't tell me what to do. My friends can't tell me what to do. I want to figure it out. But God has said it is not good for the man to be alone. So what is leading in your life, man? Who is the president in your life, man? And you see, as I was, uh, as I was looking at this movie, Black Adam, I, I was seeing something happening in the movie uh, that the citizens of conduct, they keep begging Black Adam, uh, Dwayne Johnson in the movie, they're saying, uh, we, we want a hero. And you know what Black Adam kept saying in the movie? I'm not a hero. And that's where some man is today. Your house is crying out for a hero. But you're saying, I'm not a hero. I didn't learn how to pastor. I mean, I didn't learn how to, to be a father. There is, some, there is a, a child crying out for a hero in her father, but her father is too busy working out. I'm no hero. And throughout the movie, they're saying, we, we need a hero. We want a hero. And praise the Lord that eventually when the movie ends, 
Black Adam becomes Teth Adam because he embraces his destiny and he starts to fight for the city of conduct. And today the reason why I called the sermon back to Adam is I'm saying, God man has a destiny for your life and he's calling you to come back not to Black Adam, not to conduct, not to some uh, 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 DC comic universe. God is saying, Pastor Sam, come back to Adam. Allow me to work with this for a second. We're going to deal with Genesis chapter 2. And uh, as we're walking through Genesis chapter 2, I, I do not want you to trip up. I want you to get the context uh, clearly. And I want us to look briefly at Genesis chapter 1. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, God forms the earth. And then he fills the earth. Every day God is doing something, something specific on each day. And so as you step into chapter 2, please understand and don't miss this. Chapter 2 zooms in on day number 6. Are you with me? Chapter 6 zooms in on day number 6. It gives us the details of the creation of mankind. And I, I'm saying this to somebody who feels like, why was I created? Oh, my life means nothing. I want you to understand that there is details that God put into your creation. And you are special in the sight of God. But let me walk you through a little bit more in this, in this context that I'm trying to give to you. When you look at Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that the earth was dark. It was without form and it was, it was without form and it was empty. In other words, the earth when it was created was in a chaotic state. I hope you're with me. So as you step into chapter 2, you find the very same thing that we are dealing with chaos as we enter into Genesis chapter 2. Because the Bible says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, it is helping us to understand that in the book of Genesis chapter 2, there is chaos. I know, Brother Donald, you, you are used to rice paddies and rice fields. But when Genesis chapter 2 begins, there's no rice field or rice paddy. I know some of you, when you go to Grand Lucky, you buy vegetables that are have been hydroponic. <laughs> but when you step into Genesis chapter 2, there is no hydroponic farming. The text is trying to help us to understand that there is chaos. Says Agueska, there is no order. <laughs> Things are a mess. Things are everywhere. And you know why? This, there was no man to work the ground. No, that's an amen moment, but I'm going to try to work this. The reason why there is no farming, the reason why there's chaos in the land, is because there is no man to turn the chaos into order. So as I was reflecting on this, I understood that God is calling men to turn chaos into order. God is saying to a man today, that I've called you to be a designer. God is saying to a man today, 
I have called you to be a, 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 a producer. I've called you to be the brain. I've called you to lead the project. I've called you to lead the men. I've called you to take a situation that doesn't look good and make it look good. And let me try to say it this way. See, God does not give you a finished product. God gives you the raw materials for you to produce a product. Ah, I'm working too hard today because you guys are not feeling this right now. Listen to me, man. You are most like God when you're creating. In Genesis chapter 1, God was the one creating. He made the first day. He made the second day. He made the third day, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. He said, you know what? I'm tired, man. I want you to do what I did. As I created, I also want you to be able to create. As I designed, I want you to design. As I planned it, I want you to plan. Understand me, man. Understand me, men. Father, son, whoever you are, if you're a man, God is saying, create. And you are not going to get a finished product. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to produce something. I know you're in a hard marriage. But God is saying, I want you to produce happiness. There is a man who is in a hard class. But God is saying, can you produce an A? There is a man who is in a demanding job. But God is saying, produce the target. There is a man who is in a dysfunctional family. But God is saying, make the family functional. There is a man who is, a, who is on a losing team. God is saying, make it a winning team. I made you to create. I made you to produce. Man, understand me. Some things you cannot go check. Some things you cannot grab them. Some things you can't make your way out of them. Some things you cannot de delegate your way out of them. God is saying, I'm looking at you to create. I'm looking at you to make it. So it is 11.30 p.m. I have failed. I failed to cook. <laughs> I've left the kitchen. Pots in the sink. My mom's ceiling is dirty. And the, the stove is messy. I go to sleep. But my mother being the mother that she was... She woke me up. She made me clean the stove, Pastor. She made me wipe <laughs> the ceiling. She made me empty those dishes. And my mama told me, Henry, understand something. Wherever you are, you can never leave a mess. You must make sure that when you have come to a place, you must leave it better than you find it. You found it. And I want you to understand, man. That you are a true outlier when you face the chaos, especially if you have created it. My mom said, Henry, you made it dirty. Henry, you caused this. I'm not going to call your brother to fix this. I'm not going to call your sister to fix this. I'm calling you to fix this. Man, understand, God is not looking at nobody else. God is looking at you. If the family is in problem, God is saying, man, stand up. If the family don't pray, God is saying, man, stand up. If the family is not exercising, God is saying, man, stand up. You are responsible to fix this. You're responsible to make it better. You're responsible to, to take the chaos and make it into order, especially if you've caused it.
And let's be real, man. Some of us are the cause of the chaos we are seeing in our environment. And God is not looking at somebody else to fix it. God is looking at you to get it done. God is looking at you to sort it out. God is looking at you to stand up. Amen, man? Oh, man. Come on now. Amen, man? <laughs> the men are like, Pastor, come on now. Why are, you, why are you doing this? God told me to do this. Amen, somebody? Now, <laughs> there is good news. Because let's be real. Sometimes men run away from the chaos that they create. I mean, a man can make a woman pregnant and disappear out of town. A man can be an ab absentee father. A man can fail to bring the bacon. I know you don't eat bacon here, amen? <laughs> okay, maybe you'll do. But a man can, can fail to provide. But I want you to understand that even when men fail to provide, God always provides. You see, because in the text we read, there was a mist that was going up from the land and it was watering the whole face of the ground. You see, theologians, they, they try to identify. Was it a mist? Was it a spring? I don't care. You know what matters to me? Is that there was a mist coming up and it was watering the ground. The text says there was no man to till the ground. But even though there was no man to till the ground, God made a provision. Are you feeling what I'm saying? God put something in place. Under telling me that even when a man is not standing up, God is always standing up. God is always ready to provide. God is always ready to take care of it. God is always there for you. Brother and sister, listen to me. You may feel like your father deserted you. You may feel like nobody stood up for you. But understand, the reason why you are where you are, the reason why you're still sitting here today, the reason why you're standing here today is because God provided. God was there. God sustained you when they ran away. God is good. And right now you may feel like nobody's providing, but understand the fact that you're breathing, God is providing. There is a problem here in Jakarta. You see, in Jakarta, one million people uh, have access to water in the piping systems. But the city of Jakarta has 10 million people. Well, on most days, you can have 18 million, I've heard. Um, maybe I'm expanding the numbers, but you know, with all this traffic and people coming in out of Jakarta, it can be a whole lot of people. But according to the article I was reading, that out of all those people, only 1 million people have access to running water. Meaning that 10 million people, 9 million people don't have access to running water, but how are they still able to, <laughs> able to get water? Uh, the, the report says most people are, uh, Sister Charmaine, digging into the ground and they're getting groundwater. The city is not handling the chaos of the nine million people. But God says, I put water in the ground. And even though the city cannot provide you water, I am here to provide you water. I hope somebody heard that. That even if they don't provide, even if they've made a mess, even though if it's messed up, God is providing. God is there sustaining you and take care of you. And is there somebody who's saying, God, thank you for being there for me. God, thank you. When I didn't know where I would turn to, God, thank you that you have sustained me. God, thank you that even though I didn't have a father, you have been a father to me. God, thank you that even though I've been an orphan, you've took care of me. I've eaten every day.
And I want to tell a man today, sometimes you're not mature enough to provide. Um, women tend to mature faster. So when they're in a relationship, they can start talking about marriage on the first date. And the man is like, hold up, sister. Slow down. Take it easy. Um, because women, women think faster. But a man thinks, how am I going to provide? How am I going to take her to Grand Indonesia so that we don't go to Grand Indonesia and just do window shopping? We can actually shop. Men are thinking about the house we're going to live in. But the woman just wants to get in it. She's found the man of her dreams. She just wants to get in it. But men are thinking about providing. Men, it's hard. You know why? Because I've, I've, I've been told by women, and I'm showing you sisters, women will say, I only respect him if he provides. So the pressure to provide is, is a lot. But men, when you feel the pressure, when you don't feel like you can't provide, think about the mist. Because God has got you. God is going to take care of you. Trust that in the seasons when you're trying to get it together, when you're trying to develop your financial profile, when you're trying to make sure that you're in a steady job, this stream is flowing. Amen, somebody? Okay. When you're wondering where you're going to get the money for the bills, I want you to think about the stream. When you're wondering how am I going to take care of my kids, I'm not a good father. I want you to think about the stream. Man, when she's pressuring you, I want you to provide. I want you to think about the stream. Amen, man? You don't have to worry about providing. God has got your back. And I'm glad this morning that God has got my back. And understand, listen to me. When God calls a man, he calls a man to participate, not provide. Elder Rivo, amen to you. You see, Pastor Sam used to tell me, Pastor Sam, can I write you out? All right, he said I can testify, so I'm going to testify on his behalf. He said, you know, <laughs> you, you know when, I, when I first came to, to Indo and I was single, hey, the gifts used to roll in. People would invite me and I didn't have to pay. <laughs> but the moment I got married, <laughs> I, had to, I had to pay. And so I was thinking to myself, uh, the reason why he didn't have to pay before he got married is because he was participating in the ministry. And as he was participating in the ministry, God was providing for him. Are we together? But now when he upgraded himself with my dear sister, Gessica, God says, I've provided somebody for you now, pastor. She will take care of you. Understand me, child of God. Participate with God. And he will provide. So when God calls a man, he's not saying, come and provide Come and figure out where the money is going to come from. Come and figure out how you're going to parent your kids. Come and figure out how you're going to get the degree. No, he's saying, just participate with me. Let me show you the way. And outliers, they learn the art of participating with a God who provides. So, I've been in Indonesia for four, four years and uh, eight months, nine months, ten months. I don't know. Uh... I never got an MPWP, 
But for the first time, I had to get an MP weapon because I could not do my kitas with the MP weapon. So I had to go get the MP weapon. You feel me? Now, I was afraid because I said, man, MP weapon means taxation. And how am I going to pay taxes as a pastor? You feel me? And I was afraid. But I did the research and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to get this MP weapon. And I went to uh, an office somewhere there in uh, Tibet, you know, went there and then I got, I got there. Uh, my heart was uh, trepidatious. I was a little afraid because I said, man, how am I going to handle the, the government? Because the government is coming after me. So I went to the office and I said, I'm here to apply for an empe wepe. And then the, the first question the lady asked me was, how much money do you make? And I said, oh, gee. I said, this is scary. I said, uh, the, the thing is, you know, I tried to give an explanation and she, she realized that I was not really trying to, to say it. And then she said, okay, don't worry. She went to talk to her supervisor. Her supervisor came back to me and, and then she said, don't worry, sir. I'll help you with the form. She filled out the form for me. I didn't pay. All I did was participate. And as I participated, the help was provided. As I participated, I didn't have to pay. And then she told me this. After she gave me the number, she says, after this, I want you to go to City Buri and get the card. I didn't have time. I went home to do some other business. And three days ago, I was leaving my, my place. And then the security guard says, Mr. Henry, is that your name? I said, yes, it's, it's me. I said, what is it now? She said, I have a letter. And it clearly said the Indonesian government. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm finished. But you know what? I took the letter. I opened it up. And guess what? There was my Empewepe card for free. I didn't have to go pick it up because as I participated, God provided. He was there for me. Man, participate with the Lord. He will provide. He will take care. I know you're afraid. But God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He given you a spirit of power. Love out of a sound mind. So go ask for the promotion. It's okay. Go get the degree. It's all right. Discipline your kids. It's cool. Because as you participate, God is going to provide. But let me push this a little bit further. I don't have too much time, so I do not want to leave the sermon on the table that I want to really want to get to it at the end of the day. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm putting this on you, man, is for you to understand that you were made. Man, you were made to turn chaos into order. Every man say, I was made. Come on, man. I was made to turn chaos into order. Now, let me prove it. Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. What we have is this situation. There is no man to form the ground. So what God does is he says, you know what? I'm going to make a man from the dust of the ground so that he can deal with the situation. There is chaos in the ground. But I'm going to make a man from the dust of the ground to deal with the chaos in the ground. Pastor Sam, did you hear that? <laughs> God is saying, there is mess, so I'm going to make a man to deal with the mess. Pastor, I still don't believe you. Please pr prove it to me a little bit more. One thing that I love about Indonesians is that some of you, when you are in love, is that you wear matching batiks. 
And I can see right there is a matching batik right there, batik, you know what I'm saying? That, that's nice because you are showing that we are in a relationship. We, 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 are, we are together. And I want you to understand that in this text, the word man and ground, they are in a relationship. They are in a pacharan. They are together because in the Hebrew, man is Adam. And ground in the Hebrew is Adama. Adam. Adama. The Adama is in a mess. God says, I'm going to create the Adam. I'm going to create a man to deal with the mess. I'm going to make somebody change this situation. And so I want you to know, man, clearly, God created you with the ability to turn the chaos into order. It's in your blood. It's in your system. It's in your mind. It's in your hands. It's in your body. And God is saying, man, stand up. There is debt. Become financially independent. I don't know how I can do that. I don't either, but God put it in you. <laughs> My health is bad. I don't know how I can shed the weight. I don't either, but God put it in you <laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> The family don't pray as it should. I don't know how I can get my wife, my kids, my brothers and my siblings to pray. I don't either, but God put it in you. Because you were made for the chaos. When God was looking for somebody to fix it, he didn't call Pastor Henry, he called you. When God was looking for somebody to fix it, he didn't call Pastor Sam, he called you. Cecilia, when God was calling for somebody to fix it, he didn't call Pastor Sam, he called you. Because he made you to fix, to fix the mess. Perhaps you might be telling me, Pastor, what are you talking about? Are you saying that when there's a, when there's a mess, when there's, there's chaos everywhere that I go, I should, I, should, I should be the one to fix it? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But I'm simply saying that you've got to focus on the mess that is accustomed to you. The mess that you can fix. And you know how I can prove this? Because we have two young boys, Cain and Abel. Abel is a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. Uh, Cain knows how to deal with weeds. He knows how to deal with, 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 with withering plants. He knows things about fertilizer. But his brother, Abel, knows how to deal with animals. The two of them don't have expertise in the same thing. If there is chaos in the ground, Abel can talk about it. He can look at it, but he needs to go to Cain to fix it. And when there's something wrong with the animals of, 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 of Abel, Cain can look at it, but he needs to go to Cain to fix it. I don't know if somebody's listening to me. God has called you for something specific. Perhaps it's money. Perhaps it's family issues. Perhaps it's how to double your income. Perhaps it's how to be good in physical exercise. I don't know what it is, but God has called you for something. And he's simply saying, I want you to focus on what I've called you for. There may be a mess in, in somebody else's marriage, but that's not your fix. Stay out of it. Let somebody else take care of that. There may be a mess in somebody else's finances. That's not your problem. Take care of your own thing. Whatever you are gifted in. Whatever I blessed you for, that's what I want you to fix. Because some of us are a jack of all trades and a master of none. We are trying to do everything. When God has simply said, I want you to focus on this. You're a good preacher, so preach. You're a good singer, so sing. You're a good counselor, so counsel. 
You know how to raise money, so raise money. You don't have to do everything. Do what I've called you, called you for. Because when you stick to your chaos, when you stick to what God has called you for, it simply means that you understand the idea of humility. You understand that I cannot do it all. And the outlier is humble enough to, to step away from the, the chaos that's not theirs to change. Sometimes it's okay to say, you know what, I, I understand what you're going through. It's really difficult, but I really can't do it. No, there are some of us, the moment we have shared something, we think we have a solution. And man, that's why women get frustrated. Because when she starts to tell you the problems at work, you know you should do this. No, she's like, no, 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 I just want to share with you. I'm not asking you to fix it. You ain't got to do it all. You can take a step back and allow the situation to play out. Let me bring this nicely. I don't know what time it is. It is, it is 12, 12. Let me see if I can work with a few more minutes and, and, and try to bring this thing to, uh, to a close. But I want you to, to, to pay attention to the fact that the man is made from the ground to deal with the ground. But something happens in the text. Uh, Brother Nick, something happens in, in the passage that really flabbergasted me. Uh, Brother Sutar says something just percolated my thinking. Because notice this. The moment that God makes the man from the ground, he moves the man to the garden. Are we together? He takes the man from the ground and he puts him in a garden. Help me to understand that the man will deal with the chaos around him if he is operating from the garden. The garden is HQ for the man. Notice what the text says. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Telling me that there is something important about the garden. Now you and I, we look at this text and we, 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 are rush, we, we rush to, to, to say that we're dealing with the garden of Eden. But I want you to see that the garden and Eden are not the same thing. They are related, but they're not combined. God took the man and planted him in the garden that was east of Eden. I'm trying to argue that we should separate Eden and garden. They're not the same thing. Now, what is Eden? Here it is. Eden, Eden is a place of abundance of water. Mm. Notice what the text says. And a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. Eden and garden are not the same thing. Water flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. So Eden is, watch this, Eden represents abundance of water. In fact, I have more proof. 
And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord. <laughs> so the reason why God is taking the man and putting him in Eden, in, in the garden, is because he's trying to help the man to understand. Uh, you will not uh, succeed. You will not make it unless you are leaning on a source that is outside of you. It must feed you. It must sustain you. Because your energy can run low sometimes. Because you may not feel like getting out of bed sometimes. Because you may feel like you don't want to love your wife sometimes. You may feel like you don't want to be among your friends sometimes. God is understanding as a man, you don't have energy like an energizer bunny. You don't have energy to keep going and keep going. You can get tired and therefore, when you lean on a source that is outside of you, then you have the power, you have the strength. To deal with the chaos. Ooh, I work hard. <laughs> you guys like making me work hard. But that is okay. Because I want a man to understand. That you are not going to succeed on your own strength. And I love this image. Of water. Because the Bible is reminding me. Of Jesus as the water of life. Jesus told that woman. The one who drinks from me will never thirst again. The one who drinks from me will never have need again. And so men, understand that if you're going to survive, if you're going to be an outlier, you need to lean on Jesus. You need to lean on your Lord. And as you lean on your Lord, you're going to have the power. You're going to have the strength. You're going to have the energy. You're going to have power to move through even if you don't have the money. You're going to have power to push through even when they have distracted you. You're going to have power to move through even when you don't feel like it because Jesus gives you the power. Jesus is your wisdom when you got no wisdom. Jesus is your might when you got no might. Jesus is, is your escape when you're tempted. Jesus is your, your health when you're diseased. Jesus is your creation when you feel like you are messed up. And he never runs dry. Never ever runs dry. Your job will run dry. Pastor Henry's sermons can start to sound repetitive. He can run dry. <laughs> and you get bored. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't run dry. And there is a man listening to me. You, you feel dry. You feel empty. You feel like, man, I can't, I can't continue anymore. That's, that's right. Because you've been trying to live on resources that... Get depleted. But Jesus never ever gets depleted. He never ever ever ends. I'm almost done my brother. You can start playing. Uh, let me just push this. Just, just one little push. And I'm going to sit down. Uh, notice that the text says. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. To work it and to take care of it. Again. Brother Johan I said to myself. This is crazy. God took the man, put him in the garden to be a gardener, to become an expert in landscaping. For real, for real. Look what's going on, Lord. Like, I mean, you made me to be a farmer. 
So, I said, no, there is something more here. So let me just pry the text open for you to see what's happening here. See, when the words work it and take care of it, they are used in reference to dirt or ground or soil. They literally mean that, gardening. But when these words are used in relation to a personal object, they relate to worship. They relate to the temple. And as I did studying, I learned that the Garden of Eden was a personal object of God. So we're not dealing with farming here. We're dealing with worship. God was calling Adam into the garden, not to garden, but to worship. Oh, pastor, sometimes you say things I don't believe. So let me prove it to you. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her worst places and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert like the garden of the Lord. Watch this now. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. That is worship, y'all. So God took Adam, put him in the ground. I mean, took him from the ground, put him in the garden because he said, I want you to worship. And as you worship, as you make me the center of your life, you will fix the chaos in your life. <laughs> you fix the mess in your life. As you make me the center of your life because I will give you the keys. I will give you the tools. I'll give you the strategy of how to turn around a bad marriage. Of how to turn around bad finances. Of how to turn your kids to God. Of how to take your health to the next level. As you stick in the garden. I will be the one. And this is why it makes sense now. This is why the moment God took him in the garden... He says, Adam, we are here to maintain order. And if you're going to maintain order, you have to make sure that you stay away from this tree. Because the moment you hit this tree, there is chaos. But if you stay away from this tree, there is order. Things are going to be straight. Stay away from the tree. You are here not for plants. You are here for me. Man, that's why I said, let's go back to Adam. We're not going to plant. We're not worried about our money. We're worried about keeping order with God. We're worried about making sure that we stay on the right path with God. God is calling a man to go back to Adam. Man, God is calling you today to go back to Adam. Notice we don't have Eve right here because it's not about Eve. It's about you as a man. I want men to stand. If we are being serious about this, going back to Adam, I want men to stand. Saying, I'm going back to Adam. Let's go, let's do it, let's do it, man. Women, you can sit down. This is not about you, it's about the men. We want to go back to Adam. There's too much messes and chaoses in our lives, man. And God is not looking at anyone else but you. And He's saying to you, men, Deacon Jack, Elder Ray, Elder Donald, he's saying, go back to Adam. 
We want the homes to be fixed. We got to go back to Adam. The kids will behave, go back to Adam. The relationship will be good, go back to Adam. You want to be an ally, go back to Adam. Because when you go back to Adam, you are... You're on the straight and narrow with God. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. I'm praying for you men today. And I'm standing with you too because I'm a man. Father God, we, we want to go back to Adam. Because that is the place of order. That is where you sustain us. That is where you keep us. There is a man listening to me who feels less than a man. I'm praying for that man. He can also go back to Adam. There is a man who feels that because he can't provide, he's not a man anymore. But no, Lord, he can go back to Adam. There is a man who has never known you today, but that man can also go back to Adam. I'm asking you, Lord, that you take your sons today. Embrace them and strengthen them. Help them, Lord, to go back to the plan. To stick in the garden. To worship. To lead. Thank you, Father, for being faithful. And thank you, Lord, that you're going to sustain your Adams today. And you're going to bless them. Thank you, Lord, for being kind. This, Lord, I humbly pray and ask in your name and in your power. Amen. Man, God bless you. God bless you. I know God spoke to you. I know you want to respond. But you may not know how. You may not know when. Let me tell you the how. There's a number on the screen. Reach out to us. And we're going to show you the next house. Let me tell you when. Right now. Right now. Don't delay. Today, if you hear your voice, today, today, respond. Perhaps the Lord also has impacted you and you would like to give and partner with us in ministry. We have an account number on the screen. Kindly give. Whatever gift, whatever amount, trust me, we'll be more than grateful and happy for it. And it's going to help us to proclaim the love of Jesus. Until then, take care. God bless you. Thank you.